Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, this episode is super special. I have on my friend, mentor, and podcasting icon and inspiration, Molly McAleer, from Please Advise, Emotionally Broken Psychos, and Mother May I Sleep With Podcast, plus every other amazing thing she does. Uh, check out her Twitter at Malls. She is incredible. She's our slender mommy, and we are going to discuss Ferris 16 and Pregnant episode. Hope you enjoy. All right, great. We are recording. Okay, so... Okay, yay. Hi. Hi, I'm welcoming Molly, our slender mommy, if you will. A slender. You guys, I've been hearing the word slender so much lately, and I want to, like, just record every time I hear someone say slender on TV and make it into, like, a hyper super mix. <laughs> you should. I respect that. Um, so, today we are going to talk about... Uh, an old 16 and Pregnant episode. This was actually the second 16 and Pregnant episode to ever air. And that's with Farah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just before we get into it, I want to say, like, I was surprised. I I don't know. I was expecting when I went back and watched it to, like, Farah was, like, an innocent angel that's just been, like, corrupted by her parents and fame and MTV. But, like her core essence of like kind of being mean was already there. Okay. Yes. But like, here's the thing is that I don't, I've met, she reminds me a little bit in the catch me outside girl. And that like, she has a roughness and toughness to her. That is beyond its years. It's very bratty. It's like not, I mean, I think you and I were probably kids that were afraid to talk to our parents like that. So we're like, we know how fucked up that is yeah but like I really think that this is how she grew up I think that she is combative because she's had to be combative um I think that that is what works for her with them and Mm -hmm. she has had to figure out what works with them and unfortunately I mean I don't know I just don't wish this position on anyone because while she's bratty I'm also reminded of the fact that she's very pregnant she's very young she has parents that are supportive. I put that in quotes. Um, and I just, I, you know, girls I knew like this growing up, I even have a cousin who's kind of, she was never like that, but like she definitely has issues because of her parents. Totally. And before we even get into it, um, okay, so Farrah wrote a book that's, I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know how accurate of a narrator Farrah is, even, you know, when telling her own life story. But (sighs) what I had to keep in mind when watching this whole episode, according to Farrah, she begged her parents to let her get an abortion and they wouldn't let her get one. And in her. They did. Oh, she did. Yeah. And in her state of Iowa, uh, an abortion requires parental permission. Right. So. 
you know, you're watching this, and on one hand, it's kind of like, Farrah, you made this choice. But then on the other hand, like, she didn't make this choice. Like, she wanted to make the choice of getting an abortion and not having this kid. And now she's like, I can't imagine, because it, in my opinion, like, adoption's not really an alternative for abortion. It's, like, two totally different conversations. Absolutely. And, like... Farrah did not want to have this kid and her parents kind of forced her into it. I, in my opinion, is like a punishment. Yeah, I think that that's often what happens. And I mean, they did say like there was a moment where her mom is named Debbie, right? Yeah, Deborah. Deborah does say during a, a moment, she said, you know, I've had it with your uh, anti-Christ <laughs> attitude. And I do think that they are highly religious, uh, and that could be a part of it. Um, it's odd to think that these people are religious just because of the way that they act. Um, they have sold out Christ so fast. Like, once that MTV money started rolling in and that porn money started running in, they're like, bye! Like, see bye, you later, Christ. Jesus. Like, yeah. I'm getting a liquid facelift. Like, yeah. Ooh, what's a liquid facelift? I Should I do that? Yeah, Deb had a liquid facelift that Farrah paid for. But let's get into the uh, the episode. So she lives in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and mm-hmm. but she wants you to know she's anything but a small town girl. Yeah, <laughs> which is like pretty classic, and I think she actually is. Like one thing I will like always have to kind of admire Farrah for is like she's always kind of strived to be above what she is, I think. And I, there are just people who are like, sorry to cut you out, but there's just people who are like that. Like yeah. they're born knowing that they are not going to be stuck in their small town. They're born knowing that what they're around, like this isn't, that's not who they are. They're just working there. They're just living until they get to live the life that they've always known they deserve or we're going to live yes and i'm not sure what she's living now is totally that but i no. do think like she always knew like i'm getting out of here um i did notice her voice sounded a lot different and not even necessarily that i was younger i just if you guys go back and watch it let me know i was like i don't know it just it didn't have the affect i think that she puts on now uh, What's the aspect that she's giving you like an I think impression? She speaks in a higher tone than she used to. Okay. Like, and she, okay. she has more of like an airy voice now than she used to. It's, um, okay. Just like later watch a clip of like a recent talk and you'll be like, oh, wow, she, she sounds different. But we hear about her best friend's Zabrina, which is like Sabrina. Sabrina. Uh huh. <laughs> And I have some thoughts about Sabrina, like big thoughts, because I mean, we can get to it in time. But like, this is her actual best friend. She has two best friends. She has mm-hmm. Sabrina and then she has her gay BFF. What's his name? Tyler. Tyler. Obsessed with him. <laughs> and I love Tyler. And I really think that like, if she still had Tyler in her life, like that would be such a good force for her because he's so supportive of her and like very clearly has a deep affection for her and a protectiveness. And, you know, I think, you know, every fabulous woman does have a gay man that cares, cares about her like that. Absolutely. Um, And I just think that he, I don't know. I think he was the only person that really handled this in a, in a, appropriate way for her i completely agree um i think my guess would be zabrina and pharaoh were mean girls together and then pharaoh was like literally shocked that then zabrina went on to treat her like they had probably treated everybody else would be my guess 
See, I I guess that like even if you guys are both the mean girls, I would still think it's us against the world sort of thing. And I it just makes me think about high school where it's like, you know, people tell you things, whether it be like, oh, my mom's a lesbian or, um, you know, I had an abortion last summer or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'll totally keep that a secret. But like high school is so small that like yeah. something like that is very yeah. juicy. You know what I mean? Like that was absolutely a thing it was like there was a girl at our high school who had a mom who was a lesbian and like it was not it was not a known thing but like her friends knew and I remember that being like a point of gossip like being like no one else at school has a mom who's a lesbian like that's fucking wild right and it was whispered about and like I feel like pregnancy is the same way there was a girl in my drama class who had an abortion and the entire school knew totally and I love at the beginning of 16 and pregnant episodes where we get like I'm a cheerleader I love to stay in shape but it's all going to change because I'm pregnant. And, like, I just think they're, I know. they're so funny. They do it in every 16 and pregnant episode. And it's like, this is how I live. But it's all going to change. And it's like, we know, babe. Like, we're watching 16 and pregnant. I just, it's funny that MTV. The only person who, like, didn't even come in the front door with a chance of us being fooled by that was Caitlin. Because it's like, let's be real. Even if we didn't know the show was called 16 and pregnant, like. There's really only one way that this, there's no reason why cameras would be at your house right now unless you're about to be like part of a pretty wild ask F, like FBI bust. Like there's no reason why cameras are at your house except you're fucking pregnant. I absolutely agree with that. Um, so we get we go right into it and the baby dad. And, you know, we have to address like I have to address this right away because it's so different watching this episode when you know that Derek dies. Like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It it is absolutely mind blowing to me that they could have this whole episode with him being dead. Like he died. I looked it up today. He died uh, right after Christmas. I think it was like December 28th. And uh, Sophia wasn't born until the end of February. So they had like three months that they were filming this episode that they just don't mention he's dead. Like, did he die in a, a drunk driving accident? Yeah, um, I don't think he was. He was. He was driving. He and his friend were drunk, but like under the legal limit, so they weren't okay. drunk. But they had been drinking. They were only eighteen. Uh, his friend's mom actually got charged with buying him alcohol, but because okay. he wasn't drunk at the time, she didn't. I mean, she could have been charged with manslaughter. But, right. Uh, she just got like a furnishing alcohol for minors charges. But so, yeah, they, they were in a drunk driving accident, essentially. My question is whether or not there was legal reasons for not addressing that on the show. Um, also, like, here's the other thing is that I didn't really remember this, but like. You know, Daddy Derek is like spoken of with great love, like in other mm-hmm. in other seasons, or like she'll be like, unfortunately, her daddy passed. Like she'll like just like yeah. they'll wrap it up like that. And um, what they don't? I mean, first of all, I'm unclear on where she's working. Like she's working in a cubicle. Okay. I wrote down what kind of teenager works at a call center. 
I know. Like I worked uh, in in student fundraising in college, but like that's completely different. She was and like, like a junior, I worked at a bakery when I was a junior in high school. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like you're a receptionist at a hair salon, you're a hostess at a restaurant, you work at a candy store, <laughs> or you do some sort of like you work at Great Harvest Bread Company. Like that's what you do as a teenager. Um but she's working in this call center and he calls and I don't know, like, if, I mean, I, I'm sure, I know that you've been in some fucked up relationships yourself, but, like, that call is very familiar. Yeah. That call that he made to her where he was like, so, what are you doing tonight? And she's like, I'm busy all day. And he was like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to the haunted house with my friends. And who's going to be at the haunted house, Farah? Yeah. But just, just me and Sabrina and the girls. And what men are going to be there? Tyler's coming. Um anyone else anyone else Farah? and like the whole thing is just like this intimidation over the phone we're like I'm not even there I don't know this man but I'm scared like it made me I don't know if it's just triggering for me to hear a guy talk to a girl like that or if it just makes me feel extra bad about the fact that she's so young so hormonal dealing with this and basically being abused by this person and they do have a tough history you told me that at that point Michael already had a charge under his belt for coming at him with a knife yeah so that's like the big I think one of the main reasons that they did not include Derek and they didn't film Derek and that then they did not include his death was because um at the time I'll make sure to post uh, a link to this article but Michael Farrah's father had one night caught the two of them in bed and he had attacked Derek and like pulled a knife on him and charges were filed. Michael was facing while 16 and pregnant is happening. He was facing felony um, weapon charges and assault charges like though that were only dropped because Derek died and there was no longer a case. And it's just so crazy to me that like something like that could be in the background and MTV just didn't include it like that's a huge of course Farrah's parents didn't want her talking to him beyond just the fact that he was abusive but it's like hey girl like you can't talk to him because dad's facing a criminal charge and he's the main witness like but like also let's like really think about this is that of course that happened because a lot of there's a lot of pregnant teenagers in this world it takes a very special type of pregnant teenager's parents to let them even be on television there's going to be I mean I would say that Macy the reason why Macy is like the sweetheart of this show is because she is a rare exception um in terms of there doesn't seem to be too much scandal Mm -hmm. around the parents everyone else's parents seem to be a little bit messed up and so uh, it's kind of to me it's kind of like of course they have this sort of complicated legal background behind them yeah, no, I always, I remember when the show first came on thinking, like, I, I think I was nine, maybe 21. I'm trying to think of where I was in my life. I was probably, like, 20 or 21 when this show first came on. And I remember thinking, like, if I gotten pregnant at 16, first of all, I would have had an abortion. Abortion was a much-talked-about conversation in my house. But on top of that, like, my parents would have never signed a consent form for me to fucking go on TV and talk about it. Like, that would no. not have been an option for me. And I don't know if it was just like they got $100,000 or something to air this story and like this was supposed to be their getting started for life money or whatever because none of these people seem to be from significant means and um, 
you know, at that point, like for Farrah to even be able to afford to go to college, which is a conversation that starts to come up in her, I think, season one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for her to even be able to afford to go to college. It leads me to believe that it was only because of the money from the show. Yeah, I think Farrah's parents were hit really hard in like 2007 and 2008. I think because their yeah. house is nice. Deb's driving a little SLK compressor. Like, I mean, she has a fur coat, but I think I've read, like, they were really hit hard in 2008, which is why, yeah, but they were not getting that much money. I pro- They probably got, like, 10 to 20 grand to do a 16 and pregnant episode. But did you know Macy got cast because her mom was looking up, um, like, pregnant teen modeling jobs and found the MTV casting call? Um, I'm sorry? <laughs> I swear to God, she was looking at modeling gigs for pregnant models, which I guess Macy was in her little town of Chattanooga, which isn't a little town, but, um, and that's how she found the MTV casting call. Wow. That is a uh, very disturbing, especially because like Macy's the one I hope the most for. Yeah, I agree. So Farah, like, it's just, it's really crazy. I think Derek was, like, not a good guy. I think he was a controlling 18-year-old. I think Farah was from a bad, broken, not a broken home, but a bad home. She obviously sought refuge in Derek, but they weren't And good where together. is her birth father? And that Michael's is Michael. Not- yes, it is. But she calls him Michael for, she says it's because Ashley, her sister, has a different father. So he was always called Michael, and it just kind of, like... Stuff, okay, which I under- I can actually believe. Some people say it's like because she didn't. Ever I call ever my respect. mom Shona. I call my dad Dave. My mom's name is Yvonne, so it's just easier to say mom. But yeah, <laughs> like I get it. But Michael is her birth father. Although for a long time I thought it was her stepfather. And should I clarify really quickly that like I'm a Farah apologist, although I have not kept up with Farah over the years the way that you have like. I mean, when I've seen some of her racist comments and just uh, what else did you say she did? I mean, uh, I mean, I know the falsely accusing an Uber driver of rape. Uh, right. That was obviously terrible. And then, of course, like, I mean, did, did you say she accused James Dean of rape as well? Yeah, that one I don't really want to touch because that one seems plausible James to Dean, me. James Dean has, yeah, a, a history. Yeah. So yes. that one, like, I did. I don't like to touch rape accusations. It's like not a place I feel comfortable going. And I think you agree. But yeah, uh, with the Uber driver, like that came out to be totally false. Yeah. And like that also, like, as I was saying, you over like, I think we said in the group, that's like, it was like very, it was almost like flippant, like the way that Chloe Kardashian was like, oh, I felt like raped by TSA. And it's like, I understand feeling violated or not feeling safe or whatever else, but like to just like use rape as a blanket term, like for being uncomfortable. Yeah. Is fucked. Totally. So anyway, yeah. I'm a Farah apologist simply because of the fact that I I feel terrible about the circumstances she was born into, and I feel like you can. I, for me, I so directly see her issues being a byproduct of how she was raised, the way that her mother speaks to her. Um, you know, her grandparents seem to be very sweet people, and they seem to be on the same page with Farah about what her mother's issues are, and I just know what 
that what growing up in that sort of situation can do to a person, where it can leave you mentally, developmentally, and where it can also, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if you can ever really get away from that. And so you add on the fact that she's 16 years old, she's pregnant. Um, I'm just never, I'm never going to be comfortable coming after a mom, a mom, let alone a teen mom. Mm-hmm. I, but, I, but I know, but like, and also I'm not saying like, I love that you do this show. I love that you love this show. I understand that I don't watch the ones that are really, I, I will sometimes tune into OG and fair has gotten very out of control, but I think fair is also at this point, she's resentful of the fact that she's still doing this show. Yeah. And you know, I like follow them where sometimes I'm like, I have no sympathy for them. And sometimes I've all the sympathy for them. And that extends to Farah. And I mean, it's obvious why she is the way that she is. What's hard for me is I'm watching her do to her daughter exactly what her mom did to her. And that's yeah. where like it, it's, that's where Farah goes from like sympathetic to like hard to watch for me. Um, like, it, it just gets hard to watch. But, you know, I felt like watching this fucking 16 Pregnant episode, like, reignited all of my, like, I feel sad for fairer feelings. Because she just, she has no coping skills. And you can tell even when she's 16, she has no coping skills. And she has already not developed any coping skills. And her parents are not giving her any sort of guidance in how to have coping skills. You know, And she's ashamed of her body. And, like, as she's giving birth, she's like, I'm sorry, Ugh. you guys have to look at my crotch. And it's like sweetheart you know what I mean like just it's all like it's all just like there's so much shame there and like it just reminds me of like that adult child sort of lifestyle that someone lives where it's like constantly apologizing for yourself and constantly being embarrassed yet having these like huge swings and and just also just full of secrets and uh, you know her desperate her desperate like um attempt to find a man like her going on a date and getting blown off like when she's showing her pregnancy already it's just like that's there's just so much there with Farah that like to to dissect that I don't want to like take this over we should go yeah do, well and I just want to say format. we already see her ego like as a defense mechanism so like you know, in AA, we talk about these, like, character defects that we develop to kind of get us through, like, trauma. And then we have to, like, kind of get rid of them or let them go. And Farrah obviously has not let them go. And you can see, like, she's like, well, I'm going to be a single mom and I'm going to do it all myself. And you can see this ego, but it's, like, this false ego. Like, she doesn't actually believe it, but she's developed it to deal with her mom. And she's, like, already kind of, you know, on one hand, she's, like, apologizing for anybody seeing her cooch or her vagina like why she's uh i can't remember exactly what she said i think i'm sorry to see down crotch. there she said her crotch. crotch okay yeah but then on the other hand you can tell she like there's a scene of her like holding a picture of herself like staring at it and she's like this is an amazing picture and it was just so weird and you can just tell like she's developed this ego as a defense mechanism instead of developing like healthy coping skills and way to live life and you can tell it all comes from her parents. So we see her with Deb and Michael, who are it's weird. Deborah to see never them. stops, by the way. No, never, never. And it's weird. Like, first of all, I was surprised by how good Deborah looked. Like, she's really fucked up her face with plastic surgery lately. 
And I was like, oh, like, she looks just like a normal mom. She has a nice body. Like, she looks good. Um, But it was really hard to watch the scene where Deb is telling her to put the baby up for adoption when I know that they wouldn't let her get an abortion. And it's like... she says, like, do you know how many people I've had ask me about your baby? That Meaning, was the like, weirdest fucking line. Like, that means a church. She was telling people that Farrah was pregnant and looking to get rid of it. Because I know someone who was pregnant not as a teen but very young and is from a religious family. I think she was maybe 20 or 21 when this happened. And a lot of people at her church were, like, trying to adopt the baby from her. Like, this is a thing that happens. And I was floored when Deborah said that. I know uh, a handful of people in LA that have adopted kids and um, three of them are from Orthodox Jewish teenage moms. Oh, really? It's hard to get a Jewish baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It but uh, it's really but it was a situation where they weren't, they, you know, they just, the day of, yeah. it wasn't even like, they weren't even on a list. It was just well, someone with the temple, that community that was Leslie called. Grossman. She talked about that on the Ron and Beverly podcast. That's one of the people I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, but so I thought it was funny also, like, well, first of all, I thought this episode like really set up the structure for 16 and pregnant in that, like they talk about adoption. The girl doesn't want to do adoption. She says she'll be able to do it. She'll be a single mom. It will be easy enough. Like they really, from there on out, like there's, it's really this like archstone or archetype, I guess, archetype of like how archetype. Yeah. That's the word of how the rest of these episodes go. Fair 16 and pregnant. I think really like kind of set the mold for that. And, um, yeah, I thought it was funny because they went to Perkins Diner and they, like, gave it a name plug. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. I thought it was, like, Perkins is a national chain that, like, serves breakfast. It's like an IHOP kind of, but a little Oh, nicer. really? Yeah, and I was like, it's re- never on these reality shows do you see them, like, show the name of the restaurant. Like, <laughs> Right. It was just weird, but, um, like, I wrote down that Deb is right that Farrah shouldn't be having a baby, but... She's not going about it the right way. Like, Farrah should not have had a baby. And it's really... Watching the 16 pregnant just, like, really, like, drove home for me. Like, Farrah should have been allowed to have an abortion. Yes. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that, like, you know, at this age, like, no. I mean, come on. Yeah. There's no... There's no other way. I'm looking at, by the way, I want to find out what the average income of Council Bluffs, Iowa is. Um, I would guess they were at one point probably on the wealthier side of um, the average income because I know they had a lot of investment properties and I think that's where they lost all their money. You know, I think they owned like three or four different properties, including the one that they lived in. And then obviously in the housing bubble burst, they just got totally fucked. But yeah, I just, I also thought the scene where Farrah was like, where for like I can't even do her weird baby voice that she does, but she's like, right. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna be a single mom. Like almost excited. It was, it was very weird. It was like she was so detached already from the reality. And I mean, I think that on one hand is like a classic teenager thing that just doesn't their frontal lobe is, is not developed enough to understand like what having a baby is. But it was yes. just so weird how like. She's like, she like got this weird like Cheshire smile on her face and she's like, I'm going to keep it. Like, 
It was bizarre. Yeah, I think that she needed to like, with especially with her mom. I think she needs to keep it like, I'm in charge. Like, yes. I'm gonna do what I like, you know, because her mom will push and push and push. So wait, just really quickly. So the median house value in 2000, um, in two, the year 2000, uh, is seventy six thousand dollars. Um, and then the medium house, median household income in 2000 was 36,000. So yeah, they were probably making a cool 80 K a year and living large in council bluffs. You know what I mean? I think that they were making with their median. Uh, really? I would yeah. guess they're pulling in 70 well, max, but I think they were, I think they had income from a lot of different places. And I think by the time the show came around, they had started to fall, which is why I think, I mean, not for nothing, I think Fair grew up very spoiled and then her parents lost a lot of money. And I think that's also what we're seeing. Like, that's why she starts crying when she can't get a car. Because I have mm-hmm. a feeling, like, for most of her life, like, nobody was like, we can't afford that. You can't have it. And then you're 16, you're pregnant on top of that. And all of a sudden, for the first time in your life, you're being told, no, we can't afford it. And it's like, what the fuck? And also, she's Michael's biological child, so you know. And I think Fair is more conventionally attractive than her sister. And, like, you just know that the baby who's living with her birth dad is always going to be spoiled. And I wouldn't put it past this family to show um, some sort. Like, I mean, they're probably completely partial. They did. I mean, we should get into how Ashley now does not speak to Farrah and her parents. And that's because when Farrah got a DUI and it can't remember the exact circumstances, but Farah and her mom came out and publicly blamed Ashley for the DUI. And Ashley finally cut off uh, the whole family, which I'm like... How did they blame her? I think Farah was moving her car or something when she was pulled out. You know, she was at a bar and, like, left to move her car. And I think she said, like, Ashley was making me move it. I can't remember the exact details but it was really fucked up like it was Farrah's DUI not Ashley's DUI and I think Farrah's clearly always been the favorite uh like I it just isn't surprising to me that Farrah's the favorite I think Farrah takes up the attention in the room you know she was popular she did well in school she was a hard worker um and I want to talk about school so the scene where Farrah goes to school after people find out she's pregnant is, like, so weird, and they obviously, like, what is it called, ADR, where they, like, do the voiceovers? Yeah, where they, like, add in post. Yeah, Yeah. they were, like, she's pregnant, like, pretending, like, the cameras were, the mics were, like, picking up people whispering about Farrah. It's, like, the producer's niece. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. It was so weird and so fake, and also I love the idea that Farrah wants to fly under the radar, so she's bringing a camera crew to school with her. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, like, is anyone staring at her pregnant belly or are they all staring at the camera crew following her? Like, I can only imagine, like, what it had been like in my high school if a fucking MTV camera crew showed up. Like, everybody no, would be losing their shit. They'd be losing their shit. Like, MTV is here! <laughs> Exactly, especially if they're like, oh, for that mean girl, Farah. For the most part, po- I, like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out Farah was one of the most popular girls in school. She was oh, pretty. I think so. She was from a yeah. wealthy. What I'm guessing is probably one of the wealthier families. You know, she had a car. Her friends are pretty. She's a cheerleader. Like Derek was very handsome. I think he went to a different school, but I'm assuming she was one of the more popular girls in school. And then a rumor comes out that she's pregnant, and then MTV fucking shows up. Like, 
Right. But I just thought that was like such a funny scene when they like obviously added those voices in of like, oh, she's pregnant. Oh, she's pregnant. And they did that so Fair could be like, well, I'm not going to go back to school. Like, Right. Um, so basically she goes to a tanning salon with Tyler and I just want to say how like obsessed with Tyler I am that he is so, I mean, first of all, he's like an early 2000s, uh, gay man, but it's like late 2000s, but because they live in the Midwest, <laughs> like he, yeah. it's 2008, but he's like steady rocking like a great <sighs> 2002 look. Yes. And he, yeah. he's not going to let the fact that he's in the Midwest, like keep him down. No, not at all. But yeah, so I mean, I, I, I just love how here for her he is. I love that, like he's, you know what? We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be leaders, okay? Cheerleaders, cheerleaders. Like, I just love that Tyler's like, yeah, I'm gonna be out in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I'm gonna bleach dye my hair. I'm gonna get the best Ed Hardy shirt that I can get, and I am into this. Like, I'm killing it. Like, I loved it. Um, they like go tanning, and he's like. You know, he he was supportive of her. He's like, if you don't want to tell anyone, like, then you don't have to tell anyone. Like, it's nobody's business. Like, I'm here for you, and that's all that matters. And I just, I thought it was really nice. Um, and it's out at this point that, like, people at school are starting to know. And so she has a game coming up where her parents, like, this is where basically, like, she has a game coming up, and her parents are, like, really afraid that he's going to be there, that yeah. Derek's be making an appearance at the football game. And um, she decides after the fact that she wants her friends to come over so that she can tell them that she's pregnant. Correct. And this is the moment that sticks with me, like, in a weird way, which is when she decides to tell the group that she's pregnant and basically like says to them like if anyone has any questions you can tell them to come to me like have you spoken to anyone about it and basically like they're all like yeah we know and it becomes very apparent that Sabrina has been telling her or telling people that she's pregnant and like I recognize that look on Barry's face because I went through some huge betrayals with my high school girlfriends and that is like it's like the ultimate betrayal to like yeah. realize that like your actual BFF, like the one person you thought could be there for you during the most difficult time is, is part of taking your name down and defaming you. And like that look on her face sticks with me in such a real way because it's almost like this confirmation that no one is good is like made. Like she's, I think that Farrah deep down has always felt that no one is good. Her, her yeah. mother is terrible. Her father is terrible. She's treated horribly. And, like, she thinks she has this best friend. And her best friend has betrayed her in a way that, I mean, I just felt for her so much. And I saw in that moment that being the genesis of a lot of the Pharaoh we continue to see today. Like, me against the world, like, all by herself, like, doesn't want anyone's help. Like, we'll fucking strike you down if you try to help her. That is the fair that I think we see a lot today. And and it, that moment really, like, connected. I re really resonated. It connected with me. Totally. And I love that MTV got that on film because I think that's just such a quintessential, like, high school moment and teenage girl moment in every 
teenage girl that went to high school probably experienced something similar to that. And I, I think it's pretty brilliant that MTV got it on their show about being a teenager. And it was, you can tell it was organic and not forced and real. And that really happened. And yeah, it's just, I think that was like, so it was such a real scene. And that's why it like stuck with you so much. And I think you're exactly right. Like Farah was like, okay, I'm right. Like, and I think that's also where like the ego defense mechanism also comes in where she's like, everybody's asshole. Everybody's wrong. I'm better than them. I don't treat people that way. I'm smarter than them. She even says, um, like they're all out to dinner, all the cheerleaders and like they're being weird to her. And she looks at Tyler and she goes, I seriously love how stupid everybody is. And you can tell this is like where she starts to develop this thing where she's like, and it's like really still present today where she thinks she's better than everybody else, but also kind of hates herself at the same time. To hear the extended version of this episode, including all of Malls and I's thoughts and feelings on Farah, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thanks so much, guys. Love ya. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.